0: Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, and up level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D. Simone.
1: Welcome, Warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. February is Black History Month an annual celebration of achievements by African-Americans and a time for recognizing their central role in United States history. African-American women have too often been overlooked in the history of women's equity, women's suffrage, and the ongoing fight for gender equality. The United States women's rights movement was closely allied with the anti-slavery movement. And before the Civil War, black and white abolitionists and suffragists Joined together in a common cause. And we hear a lot about Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony. But during that period, a small cohort of formerly enslaved and free black women, including Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, Maria W. Stewart, Henrietta Purvis, Harriet Fortin Purvis, Sarah Remond, and Mary Ann Shad Carey, were active in women's rights circles. We have a history in the feminist movement of overlooking these women and also the intersectionality of oppression that exists for many women, including women of color and women in the LGBTQ plus community. So I'm going to do a quick overview on the waves of feminism in the United States. It is generally accepted that we have experienced three waves in discussing the feminist movement and the wave metaphor refers to this idea of continual motion, even if it isn't always forward motion. So the first wave of feminism is from the late 1800s to the early 1900s. It was all about women's suffrage. The movement sought women's equality in other areas, such as labor, land ownership, employment, and education. Then came the second wave of feminism from the 1960s and 70s, and this was very much about the status women held in mainstream society. It focused on women's health and reproductive rights and the eradication of violence against women. It was about advocating for the destruction of the patriarchal hierarchy. But there has been criticism that this movement failed to understand and speak for the lived experience of all women. The presence of the Black feminist movement evolved with the second wave of the American women's movement in the 60s and 70s, sparked by growing tensions between the women's liberation movement and the civil rights movement. It was argued that the second wave of feminism turned a blind eye towards the needs and struggles of Black women and women in the LGBTQ plus community. A founding figure of the separation and uplift of the Black feminist movement in the 1960s and 70s was Polly Murray, a Black queer feminist, civil rights lawyer, and co-founder of the National Organization of Women. And the core principles that she outlined were, first, Black women's experience of racism, sexism, and classism are inseparable. Second, their needs and worldviews are distinct from those of Black men and white women. And finally, there is no contradiction between the struggle against racism, sexism, and all other isms. All must be addressed simultaneously. So then the third wave of feminism, also called next-generation feminism, and that was really the late 1980s to present, comes from discussions and writings of those younger generations who were, quote-unquote, raised in feminism. And this new wave advocates for diversity, challenging the lack of attention to working class and poor women, women of color, and women in the LGBTQ plus community. Writer Rebecca Walker coined the term third wave feminism in 1992 in an article titled, I Am the Third Wave. She also founded the Third Wave Foundation, an organization addressing injustices against women of color and LGBTQ communities. The key idea is that gender equity must encompass intersectionality and the layers of oppression resulting from gender, race, sexual orientation, and class. And scholar Kimberly Crenshaw Building upon Murray's principles coined the term intersectionality, referring to the complex ways in which gender, race, and other social categories interact to influence an individual's opportunities and outcomes. And much of our discussion of intersectionality, although the phrase was coined in the 90s, must be credited to that cohort of formerly enslaved and free Black women, and specifically Sojourner Truth. And I want to share and celebrate the brilliant, inspiring work and words of the great Sojourner Truth, who was such an outspoken advocate for abolition and civil and women's rights in the 19th century. In her Ain't I a Woman speech, From the 1851 Women's Convention in Akron, Ohio, she challenged prevailing notions of racial and gender inferiority and inequity by reminding listeners of her combined strength and female status. And I can't possibly do that speech justice, but Dr. Maya Angelou can.
0: That man over there says that women need to be helped into carriages and lifted over ditches and given the best place wherever. Nobody helps me into carriages nor over the muddy patches or gives me any best place. And ain't I a woman? Look at me. I have plowed and planted and gathered into barns And no man could best me ever. Ain't I a woman? I could work as hard and eat as much as a man when I could find it and take the lash as well. And ain't I a woman? I have born 13 children and seen most of them sold off to slavery. And when I cried out, with my mother's grief, no one but Jesus heard me.
1: And ain't I a woman? And I love how truth goes on to say, quote, if the first woman God ever made was strong enough to turn the world upside down all alone, these women together ought to be able to turn it back, end quote. She also said that little man in black there, he says women can't have as much rights as men because Christ wasn't a woman. Where did your Christ come from? From God and a woman. And I think this idea of the importance of woman and the lived experience of woman and also seeing the world through the eyes of and the experience of women and not just as the default, the way that history is so often presented was such an important part of the power of these words. And these words had tremendous power and impact and inspired so many great minds and words that we need to celebrate movements we can celebrate today as we consider the important work of intersectionality, the work of Kimberly Crenshaw, who stated in her 1991 paper, Mapping the Margins, Intersectionality, Identity Politics, and Violence Against Women of Color, quote, when feminism does not explicitly oppose racism and when anti-racism does not incorporate opposition to the patriarchy, race and gender politics often end up being antagonistic to each other and both interests lose, end quote. And Crenshaw simply and poignantly said, if we aren't intersectional, some of us, the most vulnerable, are going to fall through the cracks. And this is at the heart of Together We Rise, bringing to the forefront that we must consider layers of oppression when we talk about advancing all women. And this is an idea Audra Lorde, American writer, feminist, womanist, and civil rights activist punctuated. In addressing intersectionality, she said, quote, I am a Black feminist. I mean, I recognize that my power as well as my primary oppressions come as a result of my Blackness as well as my womanness. And therefore, my struggles on both of these fronts are inseparable, end quote. And Audra Lord really had the ultimate advancing all women quote when she wrote in 1981 in an essay titled The Uses of Anger, Women Responding to Racism, quote, I am not free while any woman is unfree, even when her shackles are very different from my own, end quote. And Lord was a self-described Black lesbian mother warrior poet who dedicated both her life and her creative talent to confronting and addressing injustices of racism, sexism, classism, and homophobia. And this is the essence of Together We Rise, that it is about all women, that equity is about all women. I want to also celebrate the life and work of the brilliant Bell Hooks, truly one of the great warrior women, one of the great minds of our time. Bell Hooks is the pseudonym of Gloria Jean Watkins, The American scholar and activist whose work examined the connections between race, gender, and class. And she penned so many important books that I always have at arm's length in my office, including Feminist Theory from Margin to Center, Feminism is for Everybody, Passionate Politics, and Paying Tribute to Sojourn Truth's earlier work, the book Ain't I a Woman? Black Women and Feminism. And in her book, Feminist Theory from Margin to Center, Hooks describes feminism simply yet inclusively as, quote, a movement to end sexism, sexist exploitation, and oppression. Later, in Feminism is for Everybody, she wrote, quote, I like this definition because it did not imply men were the enemy. By naming sexism as the problem, it went directly to the heart of the matter. Practically, it is a definition which implies that all sexist thinking and action is the problem. Whether those who perpetuate it are female or male, child or adult, it is broad enough to include an understanding of systemic institutionalized sexism. To understand feminism, it implies one has to necessarily understand sexism, end quote. And so Bell Hook's brilliant philosophy and wisdom has informed and inspired the work of so many, myself included, who take up the important and unfinished work of equity hooks was a true visionary. And in this month, I truly honor and celebrate her one more bell hooks quote, though I could spend hours quoting her and talking about her is this quote, visionary feminism is a wise and loving politics. It is rooted in the love of male and female being refusing to privilege one over the other. The soul of feminist politics is the commitment to ending patriarchal domination of women and men, girls and boys, end quote. I just love that. I have read so many books, so many different ways that feminism is described, and I have just never heard it done better than the way bell hooks has put it. And in considering the second wave of feminism, the women's rights movements of the 1960s and 70s, I want to talk about Shirley Chisholm. We often hear a lot about activist and co-founder of the National Organization for Women, Betty Friedan, as one of the early leaders of the women's rights movement, or activist, Gloria Steinem. But today, I celebrate and honor the trailblazer and absolute equity badass, Shirley Chisholm. Chisholm was the first African-American woman in Congress and the first woman and African-American to seek the nomination for president of the United States. Her motto and the title of her autobiography, unbought and unbossed, illustrates her outspoken advocacy for women and minorities. Sometimes called Fighting Shirley, she introduced more than 50 pieces of legislation and championed racial and gender inequity. And long before Sheryl Sandberg, the chief operating officer at Facebook, wrote her best-selling book, Lean In, talking about how women need to, quote, sit at the table, end quote, Shirley Chisholm gave us these inspiring words, quote, if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring in a folding chair, end quote. And of her legacy, Chisholm said, quote, I want to be remembered as a woman who dared to be a catalyst of change, end quote. Indeed. And my favorite quote, one that inspires me and so many others, no doubt, is this, quote, service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth, end quote. And I love that. Again, we are all in this together. We all rise together. And so we are all in service to one another. And I want to just share a few more quotes, voices and inspiration from brilliant Black women that inspire me every day personally. From Alice Walker, American novelist and social activist, who in 1982 became the first African-American woman to win the Pulitzer Prize for fiction. She said, quote, No person is your friend who demands your silence or denies your right to grow, end quote. I find so much strength in this quote. When I, as so many who are challenging the status quo and holding distasteful social constructs up to the light and inequities up to the light, naming them publicly and consistently and calling them out because we know intuitively that you can't clean your house if you don't see the dirt and we have to talk about and call out and legitimize and address these issues. When I think about Walker's words, And how we can't give into the pressure or be silenced by those who are rolling their eyes or, quote, demanding your silence, denying your right to grow, end quote. That gives me so much strength. And as journalist, suffragette, and early leader in the civil rights movement, Ida Wells said, quote, the way to right wrongs is to turn the light of truth upon them, end quote. And those are words that fill me with the strength that I need to continue with the unfinished work of equity. And I am inspired by political activist, philosopher, scholar, and author, Angela Davis. These words especially, quote, I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I am changing the things I cannot accept, end quote. She also said, quote, revolution is a serious thing, the most serious thing about a revolutionary's life. When one commits oneself to the struggle, it must be for a lifetime, end quote. And that really speaks to me, a lifetime of commitment to being a part of the change which needs to happen, again, to the unfinished business of gender equity, which is something that is so important to me and I am so passionate about, what the purpose of this podcast is about, and the message of the Advancing Women podcast. And so we started this episode with the beautiful words of Sojourner Truth read by the brilliant Dr. Maya Angelou. And I will end the episode with her words as my manifest statement for the week. Dr. Angelou said, quote, take up the battle, take it up. It is yours. This is your life. This is your world, end quote. And these words and so many of the words expressed today and so many more that I could go on and on about are so important to honor and celebrate because they are so inspirational and they are so impactful. And we should remember honor and celebrate not just in February, but always the contributions of the many brilliant Black women who have fought so hard and continue to fight so hard and who have given us the tools in their words to remind us that gender equity is about equity for all. And so we must, as Dr. Maya Angelou says, quote, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com and connect on Instagram at advancingwomenpodcast. I love getting your feedback. So please email me at Simone at advancingwomenpodcast.com. I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior who wrote the music for this podcast. And a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior who designed the Advancing Woman podcast logo. And thanks to all of you for joining me here today.